Welcome to the Scriptures Are Real podcast, where we explore the scriptures and uh, elements uh, or events in our lives that have made the scriptures become real to us so that they become more powerful for us. Uh, I'm your host uh, or your co-host, Kerry Mielstein. I'm with Lamar, uh, the other co-host. Hi, Lamar. Hello again. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. I hope my audio is okay. now your audio sounds fine. It's just like, are you hearing me? I know because you're in a different place than your normal studio, shall we call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can hear you fine. I, I am uh, uh, I'm in a hotel, so I don't have my equipment with me, but I just thought, uh, let, let's keep doing this anyway. So uh, it's a good thing to do in the evening in a, in a hotel room, I guess. But uh, yeah, I'm in Chicago. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Chicago. And, uh, and what are you doing in Chicago? Uh, I'm here for a, a conference. It's the conference. The uh, it's called American Schools of Oriental Research. Although they're they don't like the the name now, they're going to uh, get Oriental out of there and change it to something else. But they're not sure yet what yet. But anyway, it's a it's a conference where um, archaeologists get together. There are people who do text as well, uh, and uh, I like both of those. But this is a place where people who do excavations in the Near East get together and share what they've been doing. It's kind of fun because all of the the people who are excavating at biblical sites will be here, and I'll go and I'll hear what they're uh, what they're finding and how that adds to our understanding. And I'll share some stuff from my excavation in Egypt. So it's just a good, well, I'd say, fun stuff. Yeah, I'd almost say good, clean fun, but it's actually dirty hey, fun. That, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. Uh, we get to see the pictures of the sites, and and long before the publications come out, we're sharing with each other what uh, is going on, and then. Someone will give you an idea like, hey, if you thought that maybe you should interpret this artifact this way, oh, good oh, yeah, and yeah. so on. So it's, it's fun. Yeah, collaboration there. Yeah. yeah. Does anybody get a bring, Does it, or does anybody bring any anything like any antiquities? Or Probably saw no. just pictures, right? No, no good yeah. antiquities. There was a day when that could happen, but now antiquities stay in the host country. You, you don't really bring yeah. them out uh, except for, for museum exhibits or something like that. Sure, so, sure. I understand that. There was okay. a time where uh, stuff was being brought around so well of course it'd be with permission of the host country or whatever but uh but probably yeah. right museum they'd probably stay in there unless they're part of a bigger exhibit or something traveling around yeah that's right good well that sounds that's fun right. i'd like even the pictures be fun i like we were talking about another time uh, I, I like sorting through the rubble my 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 family not quite as much they looked at it and they thought it was neat but <laughs> but i'm like uh man there's a lot of people that have touched this rubble and who might have been in this rubble. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I get all geeked out. I always say, yeah, I say to my students or my family, I say, just touch this rock. This Let the rock touch you. The stones can talk <laughs> to you if you let them. And, yeah. and I always remember this time where uh, my family to to Saul's uh, uh, palace, where Saul had built his palace. And uh, I knew there was one, uh, an archaeologist friend of mine had shown me there's a uh, uh, one foundation stone left from his palace, right? This big gold block of stone that was left from his palace, but it had been overgrown with weeds. So when I got there with my family and our friends, I'm having them clear away the weeds and all this stuff. And we finally found it. And I'm showing them like, see this, this is David, Jonathan, Saul, they all would have touched the stone. It's such a cool thing. And my, my daughter, who's uh, at the time, probably about, uh, oh, she would have been about 13. And she says, a rock? We came here to see a rock. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, isn't it so exciting?" She's like, "What's wrong with you, Dad?" But yeah, it's exciting to me. So, well, so you were going to talk about. Uh, well, t- tell us what you want to talk about today, and let's let's get into that. 
Well, I, uh, I had some thoughts that had come to me, but um, I, I think you found something in Come Follow Me that actually uh, illustrated it. Even uh, it, it kind of yeah, got me thinking yeah, yeah. about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a uh, this is good. We were talking about um, the, the scriptures and and what they mean and what we're trying to accomplish, um, and particularly this this spot. This is out of the Come Follow Me. I was started in the curriculum for. Uh, 2022 right now it's you know November 2021 but we've already finished the Doctrine and Covenants and I was getting to jump on what we're going to do and so I was reading that through the through the beginning part of the 2022 uh, Come Follow Me and I came across this phrase and this is what it, or this uh, this passage is what it says this is just kind of in the preliminaries of Come Follow Me before it actually gets in the scriptures and it says uh, together these Latter Day scriptures are a good place to start. Our study of the Old Testament because they address some of the fundamental questions that that can frame our reading. Who is God? Who are we? What is God's work? And what is our place in it? And the the preface to this was the Old Testament can be overwhelming. But before the show, you and I were mentioning um, what are we really here for, and what's the difference between our doctrine. And maybe some of the doctrine that's that's out there from other Christian churches, which adds more life to our life. Yeah, adds more meaning to our life. And and I and as you mentioned, I'm like, ah, that's funny. You should say that because I just read this in the in the uh, the Come Follow Me, and I thought it was great. It, it, it's not just that we're here to serve God, and we're not just here to to be part of His creation. There is a plan, and the plan is specific to us, and it's a lot more than just here to be the glory of God or to praise God. There's more to it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, so that, that's exactly uh, the kind of thought I had uh, one time. So since we often in this show try and talk about times when the scriptures became really real to us, this is a time when the scriptures and, and really just the gospel became more real to me and, and clarified for me in a way. Um, and I, it was a time when I'd been studying Ramses the Great um, or Ramses the Second, whatever you'd like to call him, who is, likely the pharaoh of the exodus we don't really know but he's a really good candidate for that um and he's certainly a pharaoh who did amazing building uh and so i was looking at um not only like this huge things he built there's a, a place uh, called abu simbel which is at the southern it's even outside the, the border proper of egypt but uh they annexed it at that point it was at the southern border and he just carved this giant giant temple into the stone right and then i was looking at the works he did at Karnak and even places where he's chiseling out other people's names and chiseling his name in there, but then he chisels <laughs> his name really, really deep. So it'll be hard for someone else to chisel his name out. And, um, and he has all these huge statues. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, this guy's a megalomaniac. Uh, and, and there, there are a lot of things that are impressive from a historical point of view. You've got to admire what he did at, for, uh, from a military point of view, from a political point of view, and from just a, a building point of view. Um, but if you're going to think about his personality, uh, so he clearly loved his wife, Nevertari, but other than that, the, the guy's a, a serious megalomaniac. And, and it got me thinking about, I, I've been studying a lot of Egyptian kings, and, uh, and a number of them are serious megalomaniacs. And then I thought about other kings, you know, emperors of Rome and, and uh, Alexander the Great and all these people. And I'm thinking, man, these guys are narcissistic. They're just, uh, they... Uh, and and one of the things I was looking at was how they consolidate power for themselves, how they, mm-hmm. they do whatever what they can 
to uh, to make sure that they have power. So one of the people actually my mind jumped to was Herod the Great, uh, who was so worried about keeping his power that he uh, he built all these places where he could hide in case he was attacked. He was killing sons that he thought might be dangerous to him. So that right. uh, uh, Caesar said, well, because he knew that he didn't eat uh, pork since he was trying to at least somewhat keep Jewish life. He said, well, it's, it's better to be Herod's pig than his son. Uh, <laughs> he, he at least won't kill his yes. pigs. And I just thought, you know, that's, that's really what's typical. Uh, and I think even in our political system today, that people who are in power, their, their main thing is wanting to stay in power and and that power in many ways is defined by having more power than other people right that's right, right. that's how they define it and having uh, the ability to be above others and then it hit me how much that is not god um when you think of who god is right and and the might and majesty so we could we could look at moses chapter one and in moses chapter one um moses has had this experience with god where he sees him, and and after and and when he sees him, I mean there are a number of things that happen. He is uh, to survive God's presence. His nature has to be changed. He has to be transfigured. Right. Uh -huh. He's so yes. so much more glorious than us. He has to have his nature changed just to survive. He has to. Uh, God tells him his works are endless. Um, that if you were to show Moses all his works, Moses couldn't go back to earth. Apparently, his nature would be changed so substantially. Right. Couldn't, couldn't survive in back. the flesh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and so on. And so uh, it's so exhausting for Moses to kind of pass that when he comes to, he says, now I know that man is nothing, which think I never had supposed before. Right. And, and right. of course he had supposed that before he grew up in Egypt. If it's not in, in Ramsey's day, it's just before that it's, it's in Egypt's heyday. He's grown up with these Kings who are supposed to be God Kings, right? Semi-divine with this amazing military force, all these things around them. Um, but he finally realizes, Oh man, this, is nothing compared to that. And when I, when I think about that, I think of how majestic God really is. And yet God wants to fully and completely share that with us. And he wants us to become like him. He's not interested in keeping us a level lower than him. He, this right. amazing majestic being wants us to become just as amazing, just as majestic he is sharing everything and trying to help us become everything. There's zero degree of megalomaniac here, right? And that's incredible to me that the most powerful being ever is so different from all these mortal, not that powerful beings. He is so willing to share and, and uh, that, that blows my mind. Well, that, that's a great thing. And this is, I think, the difference between being a father, yeah. a heavenly father, yeah. and God. And that's why I really like the way we start prayers with our heavenly father or father in heaven rather than dear God. This is, it's not just that it's a father. He's a father figure. He wants you to be like him. He wants you to share what he has. I mean, there's so many scriptures um, in the new Testament, you know, where Jesus says, well, even the name of this curriculum is called come follow me. It's not come worship me. Um, yeah. You know, come adore me. It's come follow me. Do the things that you see me do, do the works that I do follow my footsteps it's it's uh, all leading by example. It's not about adoring. It's not about adulation. Although those are all part of things that you, when you really respect somebody, that's part of it. Yeah. But this is really about sharing that with you, yeah. and and you becoming that. Hebrews Hebrews five comes to mind. That kind of thing. Yeah, and which is in incredible when you think about it. Um, to be so 
so universally sharing so that in the end, you know, the, the phrase is that all the father has will be ours, right? We'll share all the right. father has. Um, that, that's incredible. And so I think sometimes we, we have to do an interesting little dance because if we, if we stop focusing on how much higher he is than us, um, then we, we lose not only a sense of reverence, but also I think the ability to trust that this is someone who really can't exalt us. Right. If he's if he's right. like us, then he doesn't have the power to exalt us. What we have to remember is he's not like us, but he wants us to become like him. And and sometimes we water yes. down God, God, making him like us rather than keeping in mind his might and majesty. And then us try, that, that he's so willing to help us become like that. Uh, yeah, right. And this is interesting. And you talk about the scriptures being real. Here's when. A lot of the experiences I had where the scriptures became real was as I was teaching them or explaining them, like on my mission or in seminary when I was a seminary teacher, as I'm explaining these things or, or you know, trying to answer a question from a student, suddenly they became real because like, oh, I now understand, you know, a little more, a little better what I'm teaching. And there was one guy that was challenging me on my beliefs. Um, he... I won't go into the whole story, but he had invited my companion over. I, we didn't know at the time, but he was basically going to disprove us on all these things. And we got on this scripture, kind of what we're talking about now about, well, you guys think that you're gods. And I was like, well, we have the ability to become like God. And I was quoting Hebrews 5:48, where, or, uh, excuse me, Hebrews 5:89. Um, anyway, uh, where though he were son yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. And then there's other scriptures that were related to that, that says we have the chance to be like him. And then suddenly it hit me. I'm like, what does God have? What does he have? Are material things important to him? If you can make material or destroy material, that's nothing. It means nothing to him. What does he yeah. have? What does God really want to share with us? Is it like, you know, I hear this all the time. Well, you, you think you guys are going to get a planet. I'm like, it's not the planet. It's not a planet. It's not about things. Yeah. It's about to be able to be like him. What does it mean to be exalted? Yeah. That, to I be like him well and have the power. Yeah. 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 It's not about the planet. And I, I even heard uh, Elder Holland once in a group say, I, I don't really even know if that that's true. I don't know how that whole that thing works. We don't know enough about that. But, but no. the point is that we become Christ-like beings. Right. And that right. is the point. And, to experience yeah. a fullness of joy is really what it, it, it comes down to. Right. And it's overwhelming when you think about how much God has done to make this possible, right? From the creation of the earth. So here at, at the beginning of Come Follow Me, we'll, we'll go through creation. But think about but the creation of the earth, but not just the earth, worlds without number, right? Worlds right. Um, that, that uh, it literally... Uh, astronomers will give you, I can't remember what it is, but they put up this number of ten times, you know, this many times 10 to like 1,000 magnitude or something stars. It's a number that doesn't even make sense to us, right? Uh, right. They've, uh, he created all of this. He, um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, he has then uh, sent Adam and Eve. He's sent his son. Uh, and, and we all think about that, but think of the other things he's done. Uh, and and for uh, a podcast, the scriptures are real. I am overwhelmed constantly with the work he has done with prophets. What, how many of his children he has asked to sacrifice and sacrifice from people like Jeremiah who were in prison for what they wrote, um, or some people who were killed for what they wrote and and the preaching they did, to people like Mormon and Moroni who spent all this time 
engraving right and, and Moroni lives alone with all of his <laughs> his his nation right. killed right, right. And, and so on right uh, all of the sacrifice that they go through or Joseph Smith and all of the sacrifice that Joseph Smith and his whole family and all the saints went through um, in order to give us God's word so that we can know about Christ and what he does for us so that we can know what we need to do so that we can come back to, and then temples and ordinances and rituals and work for the dead and all the things that he's, the amount of effort that God has gone through to make it so that he can share his power with us is staggering. When, when you think of it in those terms where it would be much easier for him to not share with us, but he goes through honestly mind boggling effort to share what he is and, and has and, and can experience with us. And that's overwhelming. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, um, a being that could create all these things and inviting you to be with him. It, yeah. What, what's in store? What's, you know, you've heard um, uh, the talks, uh, uh, I can't remember who said this right away, but living below your privilege. Oh, yeah. I can't remember if that Pres was. President Packer has often said we live beneath yeah. our privileges of inspiration. Live beneath our privilege. Yeah. yeah. You know, if we only understood what we stand to gain by being on the Lord's team. Yeah you know, we might take that a little more seriously. Yeah, I agree. And so uh, it just seems like as we're talking about uh, how real the scriptures are, to, it's worth sharing a time where they become real about uh, about how much uh, they're important and what God is trying to do for us. And uh, I'm, I'm just grateful for all of that. And I think it should uh, impact the way we understand all the rest of scripture when we understand that that one verse in Moses chapter one that this is his work and his glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. But, and, and that's his work and his glory. That is the, the work. And that's what that was mentioning at the beginning. That little blurb was like, here's what we're trying to understand in starting with the Old Testament. The Old Testament is going to frame out why we're here. People get overwhelmed by the names and the places and the, the hard to understand words and the, the phraseology we don't use anymore. Don't let that get to you. Yeah. You can get past that, but look for the the little nuggets here and there that speak to you. And again, like we talked about in our last um, segment about letting the scriptures be a conduit, you may you might get some personal insight or revelation, and it may have maybe nothing directly to do with the scripture. It may not be about Saul building that temple or you know that that palace, or it may not be about Joshua crossing the river. But just the fact that you're reading about that and putting your time and your and your effort into the scriptures, it allows the conduit to be open to be able to receive other answers that might be personal that will be personal to you. Yeah. So that yeah. catalyst. Yeah, exactly the catalyst. Yeah. So yeah, sure, cool. Yeah, I like that uh, that we started off that way, and then you mentioned that today. I was like, oh man, I just reading this is going to come together well. So that'll be a good. We also ta already talked about some of the beginning, but this is the just framing up. Before we get to Genesis, we're going to hit uh, Abraham and Moses and, and get a, a precursor to Genesis, and then we'll start in with that as well. So that'll be it's going to be exciting. Yeah, yeah, going to be good stuff. Well, thanks. All right, thanks, Lamar. I appreciate it. It's just nice to be able well, to share these thoughts. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you were able to check in, even if you are in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> I'm in Chicago, so I guess I don't need to uh, be, tell you that it's it's uh, cold and rainy and gray outside. That just oh. uh, I mean, I, I could say in Chicago, you know, that's how it is. But mm -hmm. no. <laughs>
I'm in Arizona, 76 outside and mostly sunny. So. Oh, all right. you, you enjoy that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> all, right. all right. Thank you. Great and, to see you. Uh, we'll do another episode soon. All right. Sounds great.